Yo, clock dodgers, it's that time of year again. It's that time of year where you're in your office, you're at your job, you're hanging out with family, and they're talking about the dreadful stock and stuffer events or the white elephant competitions. And I know these always stress me out. Like, I, I want to make sure the person who gets my gift is going to like it. I want to have the best gift in the room. And, and, and you know, honestly, look no further because our sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to make you win this year's stock and stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the only brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming and hygiene products. And great news, just like our podcast is international, they just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. I know you've heard me talk about the different shavers that I've used and how amazing they are and how life-changing it's been. I've tried everything. I've tried the mints, the body wash. It's all super legit. Get 20% off right now and free shipping at manscaped.com with the promo code CLOCKDODGERS. We wanna, we, we're trying to bless you guys. It's the holiday. Use this for gifts. Listen, it's been, hey, money's been tight. Times are hard. Use this. Get the promo code. Get the free shipping. Take the discount. Run with it. Promo code CLOCKDODGERS. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. Cannot play with them. Cannot win with them. Cannot go with them. Welcome to the Clock Dodgers Podcast. I'm your host, Neil Maligno, and week 13 of the NFL fantasy season is upon us. I'm joined by Adam, a.k.a. the other FF guy. What's good, Adam? What is good, Neil? We got one week left until the fantasy playoffs. Things are heating up. It's getting serious right now. This is like crunch time. You know what I mean? This is where you're like you're you're looking at all your leagues and you're trying to see if you got a chance for the playoffs, what it's looking like, what the odds are. It's getting serious. And believe it or not, we're both joined by Josh, aka JC Crocker. The man who we're so blessed. It took a lot of arranging. It took a lot of arranging for this to happen. I, I hope I hope that, that my effort is appreciated. Yeah, we're so blessed, man. You pulled out all the stops <laughs> for today's show. We can't believe it's ha- actually happening. So we're we're excited, Josh. How are you, Josh? I'm I'm good. I'm supposed to get Wi-Fi at my new place uh, December fourth, and then after that, this will be a lot easier. All right, we hear we hear you, and that's now recorded. So. Hopefully it's a true on your end, Josh. Yeah, I I hope it's true, man. I hope that I hope that the things I hope we don't have any more ridiculous ice storms. I hope that I'm not moving again. I hope that none of these things happen anymore. All right, we'll see. Like I said, this is all being put out into the world through recording. It will forever be real. And we'll see if uh, you, you stay a man of your word here. Other than that, shout out to everyone who's listening, all the clock dodgers. We appreciate you guys. It's been a couple crazy weeks, holidays, corona. Everyone's got stuff going on, so we appreciate you guys for rocking with us, as always. Let's start to show off how we always start to show off with victory laps. Adam, I'm going to let you go first. I feel like, you know, you deserve that. I mean, man, I almost don't even want to go first this week. This this was – I have never – had a fantasy week that was as exciting and then as devastating all in one week. Uh, Thanksgiving for me was amazing. Uh, as I've talked about before on the podcast, uh, I had a team very high up in the 
Drafters Best Ball Championship that I was pretty excited about. Coming into the week, I was third overall. And on Thanksgiving, I got to take some victory laps, man. Uh, the last victory lap of the year for Will Fuller. But, uh, you know, home run of a week for him to go out on. I wonder what could have caused that. Uh, we'll get into that <laughs> later. But other than him, Antonio Gibson then in the afternoon game comes out, scores three touchdowns, has insane fantasy performance. And after the Thanksgiving games, I'm sitting up 40 points on the field in first place in that drafters best ball championship. And then my world came crashing down on Sunday. Uh, To put it lightly, I didn't have a single player on that entire best ball roster score over 10 points. Damn. Uh, it, it was, it, well, I, I guess Dalvin Cook scored like 10.4 points. Woohoo. Yeah, it was a disaster. And then Will Fuller turns around and gets himself suspended, which we'll get into. It was, um, it was a tough week to take victory laps, man. It, it really was. But, uh, we know I'm going to do it anyway. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, really my favorite victory lap of the week, and Josh can probably chase me on this victory lap, uh, but it, it's it's Jarvis Landry, guys. I mean, he, uh, he was finally really given a target share and ended up just having a phenomenal fantasy performance. And, you know, can I victory lap just a little bit in Odo Beckham's wake? Because since Odell's left the team, it's like the Browns are finally figuring it out. They've got three straight wins. Jarvis Landry's performing like an elite wide receiver. I uh, I, I like what the Browns are doing now, and, and I like the usage with Jarvis Landry. And then, I mean, out, outside of the ones that I've talked about already, I mean, the only other one is a guy who... I haven't talked about a lot, and I don't want to steal him from Josh because I feel like Josh has talked about him on the podcast more. But he was one of my most owned best ball quarterbacks, and Kirk Cousins finally had a huge performance this past week. So shout out to him as well. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, a lot of guys there that you know that I like, that you like, that Josh likes, and yeah, man, it sucks that you had that you know that big opening Thanksgiving day, and then had to you know to to come down to earth a little bit and. It's unfortunate for your for your team, man, because that's the team we've been following all year, right? The Will Fuller, the one that lost Will Fuller, as far as yeah, you know. I mean, at least over the last couple of weeks yeah. when it started getting really high up in the Best Ball Championship. I mean, yeah, it was exciting, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's looking like it would probably be all for naught at the end of this season. So it is what it is. It was a fun run, but uh, I mean, who knows? Anything can happen, but uh. I had already lost George Kittle on that team, and uh, now with losing Will Fuller, it's it's going to be an uphill battle. Yeah, well, we'll see how it plays out, man. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. We'll see. We'll, we'll keep it positive, Adam. It's a victory lap. Keep it positive. Josh, you have anything? We have, I feel like we haven't had you have a victory lap in a long time here, man. So I, I wanted to piggyback on the Cousins thing. Like I feel like he's much maligned this this season. Uh, recently, like Kirk Cousins, it's just been very easy to dump on Kirk Cousins, and I don't think he's a bad quarterback at all. I think Mike Zimmer needs to go, and I'm glad that I think, I'm glad that Cousins finally put together a week. So that that was a good lap to take. Uh, Russell Wilson outscored Kyler Murray. That's that's always that always needs to be pointed out. <laughs> Debo had a big week. 
on maybe eight air yards, I think. Grand total of eight air yards. Went over 100 receiving yards, though. So I, Debo is just in the perfect place to be Debo, and I'm happy to see that. And Keenan Allen is just being Keenan Allen, just like he always does. Yeah, even though he's never a year older, it sucks that Debo had to have this obviously this you know slow start to the season because I know coming in we were all pretty excited about him and you know especially in Dynasty we were all trying to get him and acquire him everywhere and it just sucks that it had to start off slow but we, you know whether it's in the beginning of the year or now we're getting to see you know what we thought he was you know capable of doing again and hopefully he can you know string these together and, and pick up you know where he's going to leave off this year hopefully you know start next year instead of you know the slow start off here but. Uh, those, those are some pretty good victory laps, guys. You know, I take one Derek Carr victory lap <laughs> and the world blows up in my face. Raiders get smoked by the Falcons. Derek Carr looks like crap. My fantasy teams are underperforming almost across the board this week. I mean, I got I to gotta tread lightly, you know, because of this, you know, shit. I'm just kidding. Listen, big ups. Austin Eckler, Kenyon Drake. Antonio Gibson, baby. Listen, listen. I'm not gonna let Derek Carr ruin my day, man. I'm not gonna let it happen. I'm not gonna let the Raiders ruin my day. Austin Eckler, look, you know how many people said I'm not gonna start Austin Eckler since first week back. Can't risk injuries. Oh my god. Man, silly, silly fools. I don't want to hear your excuses. Austin Eckler is the man. I'm glad to see Kenyon Drake is coming back around here. You know, again, just like Debo, different reasons, but slow start. Hopefully, it's you know, everything's positive from here for him. We'll see. Um, so, you know, minor victory laps. Hunter Renfro was the best Raider of the day. Seven receptions, 70 yards. Gabriel Davis caught a touchdown from your boy Cole Beasley. You know, I was, uh, there's some, there was some highlights. There was some positive moments. I, I, I could not let the Derek Carr Raider situation get me down. I don't think I made one tweet during Football Sunday because of them. So not going to let them bring me down here. Not going to let it happen, fellas. I will you never know. victory lap Derek Carr again. There is one fun thing with that Derek Carr, which is that no matter how bad Jared Goff is, he's still better than Derek Carr. It's it, like it never fails. Listen, I, I I know this isn't who Derek Carr is. This isn't who the Raiders are, but I can't victory lap him anymore. It's just a bad omen. I'm just going to let it be what it is. Ah, you know, I, need a, I need a better week. I'm not even going to pick any Raiders for not so obvious lock of the week. I'm staying Raider list this episode. In hopes of a, a serious turnaround we need out there. So I'm not going to touch a Las Vegas player this week, guys. All right? Cool with that? Sorry, Raider fans who listen, and I'm letting you down, but I can't. I can't. I don't want to I don't want to put no bad mojo out there. Let's jump into the injuries. Let's start with the guy, not even an injury necessarily, but Will Fuller. Adam's been talking about him to start this episode. He gets popped. Six-game suspension. Done for the season. All the jokes in the world can be made about this. You know, this is how he's made it this long in the season. This is why he's not injured. You can do all those jokes. I don't think they have anything to do with it. If he's telling the truth about, you know, taking a medication that he just got, you know, wasn't, you know, allowed. But Adam, I know this is affecting you a lot. How do we feel about this situation, man? I mean, I'm just going to start by going right at you, dude. Did you really believe that tweet? I don't know. I got, yeah, I got to take the man at his word. I got nothing else to go off of. I mean, that's the only thing you can say these days. <laughs> but like, really? <laughs> I have to believe about I mean, him. I don't. I don't know. You can believe him. That's that's fine. But I got hardcore skeptical hippo eyes. 
Like it's I not just, because Brian Cushion mm, works for the team, maybe, or that you know I wasn't even gonna connect any dots. <laughs> it just it just seemed like an admission of guilt. But all right, you didn't know what you were taking. Whatever. They always say regardless, that. man. They always say that. I mean, let, let's be honest. Half the league might be taking this type of stuff. The the testing is very great. I don't even know how he got pop mid season. I mean, everything that I've ever heard is that they basically don't even test during the season. So I don't know how any of this works. But um, yeah. I mean, needless to say, it, it's devastating. Um, for everybody who was high on Will Fuller coming into this year, you were totally right. I mean, what he's done so far this season has been everything you wanted it to be and more. I mean, this past week was just the, you know, cherry on the Sunday of phenomenal performances from him. And, you know, as he sits right now, he was a wide receiver eight on the season, totally destroyed his ADP. And while he was healthy, he was entirely worth where you were drafting him. So for while it lasted, it was fun. But man, this is a, it's devastating, and it also, I mean, in a lot of ways to me, makes me skeptical about him moving forward. Maybe I'm crazy, but guys who take PEDs and then don't, I mean, I don't think we have nearly as much evidence of it in the NFL because guys don't get popped that often. But I will say it's very evident in the UFC when guys come off PEDs that they are not the same type of player so or fighter. So, you know, I don't know if that translates here, but it – it gives me a little bit of pause. You are all in on Will Fuller <laughs> cheating. I mean, hey, that may be what it was. I don't know. Again, I can't I can't accuse him of it because I, I can't prove it. What I will say is that if Will Fuller Will Fuller was on PEDs, legit PEDs, and that's what we got, get everybody on PEDs because we all loved it. <laughs> we all loved it. No I one mean, had an issue. I'm not knocking that. I'm actually all for no. open taking of any substance. I think it's kind of crazy that some are banned and some aren't. I mean, let's be fair. Will Fuller knew he was taking a performance-enhancing drug because everyone in the NFL takes performance-enhancing drugs. He just didn't know that this particular one was banned. <laughs> Maybe. But let's be real. They're all taking drugs to try and enhance their performance. It's just some are illegal and some aren't. And you need to know what the banned substances list is. And you need to make sure you're not taking those substances because those are the only ones they test for. He didn't do that. And, you know, it'll be what it'll be. But my, my bigger fear is just him not using it moving forward. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Will Fuller. We appreciate you for performance enhancing yourself man we appreciate it we're, we're it's sad you got caught man but we appreciate you you trying your best to make it a full season josh are you concerned with, about what adam is saying next season are you really considering this to be a potential issue do you think i think it could be i would like to think that he has enough time to you know do a like a proper rehab Rehab, right, you know, cycle, whatever you want to call it. Not maybe cycle's not the best word after you get popped for PEDs, <laughs> but I would like to think that he comes back. And no I'll, issue. I'll That's the question. Him. Is the question isn't whether he's going to come back. It's can he make it a full season? Supposedly not on PEDs that you guys claim. Yeah, I think he can. Okay, I think he can. All right, we'll see. This this is definitely a topic that. 
you know, is worthy of discussing further. And it's something that, you know, maybe when the season's over, we could talk about it as some off season content and get a little further into it and see what, you know, you know there like, is. I'm not a doctor, but maybe, maybe he needed to do this to just like break the chronic injury cycle for a little bit and get healthy. Maybe I, it's possible. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been disclosed yet what he was taking, but there's a lot of things that you can take that are, you know, not even necessarily, what we would think of as like a steroid or performance enhancing drug, but things that just increase things like endurance or, you know, are going to limit the chances of things like small or soft tissue injuries. So who knows specifically what he was taking? I don't think that's came out yet. At least I haven't read it. Um, But yeah, I mean, depending on what he was taking, there could be a, you know, larger or smaller impact on him moving forward. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's something to look into. We don't have any more details. If they come out, you know, we'll, we'll obviously talk about it. Um, but it's definitely unfortunate, you know, for those who were excited and doing really well because of Will Fuller. Hopefully there's other options for you, but uh, it is unfortunate and we'll see how it plays out. This is something we're just going to have to, you know, wait for more news on basically. Um, other players who are on our list that are, you know, important to talk about Tua. Hurt his thumb, expected to return. Any concerns from either one of you about Tua? I mean, not necessarily a concern, but it's kind of a bummer from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, whenever he's in there, that whole offense just fires on all cylinders. It just It's so crazy to me that they keep going back to Tua. I love the kid. I love his long-term potential. But as far as this season goes, I mean, they're going to be a playoff team. It just seems so weird to me that, you know, they're obviously better with Fitzpatrick, that they just don't continue to roll with Fitzpatrick. I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely. It, it was weird the way they did it from the beginning. And, you know, it's been kind of up and down since they've done it. And we'll, we'll see how, it, you know, it all plays out. I think, you know, like you said, they're just excited about Tua. They want to get to Tua and have full-time Tua. But, you know, things happen and. It, it definitely isn't the best rookie quarterback season happening this year, right? <laughs> that's, that's obvious, and we all came into it knowing that with the injury and everything that it wasn't going to play out great, probably. So we'll see. But, <clears throat> I mean, as far as his weapons in Miami, are you guys concerned about anything there, or do you feel like it doesn't really matter because either quarterback, you feel good? Josh? Uh, you know, I I also think that Miami has maybe caused themselves some some – a problem here because Fitzpatrick just keeps on coming in and playing well. And if they are going to be a playoff team, like how do you not, how do you not take him seriously? How do you not consider playing Fitzpatrick in that situation? Because, you know, at least, at least looking at the fantasy numbers that I look at, it sure looks to me like Fitzpatrick is the better choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I I think all of us agree that we feel more comfortable with him right now. It's just, you know, as a Dolphins fan, you probably want. I don't know. I don't even know if a Dolphin fan wants Tua right now. I don't know. Like when we talk about the playoffs, like they probably don't feel as confident with Tua. You know, so like everybody may be okay, kind of with a Tua break in some sense. But um, I don't know. I, I think I think it's gonna be fine no matter who they put out there. And if it is Tua, hopefully he just continues to improving it better. And if this injury is obviously anything serious, then it will be Fitzpatrick, and there's still nothing to worry about. So from a fantasy perspective. I think it's okay either way. Um, Adam, do you have any other feelings on that? No, I mean, I will say, though, I feel like Miami is one of those teams that is just really well coached. To be able to go back and forth between quarterbacks pretty seamlessly, I think is 
really, I mean, it goes to show that that offense is cohesive. They, you know, game plan well. They, they, they execute, obviously. But it, it is really interesting how well they've done while moving back and forth between quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the sure. weapons there are not good. Like, no, that's, I mean, that's what I mean. <laughs> like, for them yeah, to have been have successful. Well coached to win, right? Like, you've got, you've got Devontae Parker, who is, you know, a real NFL wide receiver. And then you've got who Mac hasn't done anything in his entire career. What are you talking about? <laughs> I would, and the other wide receivers are Matt Collins, Jakeem Grant, Antonio Callaway. Like, yeah, I know. It's, and the running backs, I mean, DeAndre Washington made their roster. Enough said. <laughs> oh, that's sad. No, yeah, I know. It came a long way, but come on. Let's be real. Yeah, they, they'll definitely be drafting a running back. I think we all could safely assume that. Um, I don't see how they do anything other than that. <clears throat> but, yeah, so Dolphins, we'll see how, how it goes. But at quarterback, I think we feel fine. If you have to start Devontae Parker, like, you don't care. You know, you're not, you're not going to – cry about it you know one way or the other like it is what it is you feel like he'll get the ball and then you really don't care outside of that you know it just it just is what it is um someone else on this list dj moore he had x-rays negative panthers are on a bye josh you concerned at all man you good yeah i'm concerned but (laughs) but i think i think that long term i i've already seen enough from dj moore for me to be confident in him for next season all right just more robbie anderson this year that's all right we're good we don't mind it i think i think robbie anderson is a decent wide receiver but i i don't think long term he's going to be enough to snuff out dj Moore. all right all right remain it remaining strong man i appreciate it i respect it um josh jacobs again i said we're not talking about raiders guys ankle probably gonna be game time decision the raiders are you know confident in booker uh if this came down to booker having to play would either of you be confident in booker josh you know i don't i don't think Devonte booker is a is a bad player and he, he seems he seems to have carved himself out a little bit of a role there on on that roster where they i i think Devonte parker could do it just just to keep the keep the answer Sure. Okay. Yeah. We, we again. We don't know if there's gonna be any real issue with Josh Jacobs. You know, he's a tough dude. But these kind of things sometimes. You know, if the Raiders feel like they have a chance at the playoffs and they feel like they have a chance to win with Booker, they might do it. Adam, you were a believer in DeAndre Washington as a Raider running back. Do you believe in Booker if you had to play? If you had, to, if you had, to, if he, if Jacobs didn't play, would you trust Booker? I'm about to say something that you're gonna think is crazy, but. I kind of trust John Gruden's system. Wow. It's actually become that. It's weird. Like, they obviously are a very Jekyll and Hyde team. But the Jekyll side got brought out last week against the Falcons. And this week they get to play the Jets. So... It's one of those situations where it's like, well, they can't fail, so what's going to happen? Well, they're going to succeed, and if they're going to succeed, they're going to do so running the ball. So, it, I mean, it's a great situation for whoever's the running back there. There's high touchdown potential. You're going to get a bunch of touches. So, to me, like, if it's Jacobs, phenomenal, top five upside. And if it's Booker, 
you know, becomes a guy that you're probably going to want to start or find a way to get into your lineup because the upside is going to be there. For sure. Yeah, I, I think we'll all agree that if Jacobs missed time for whatever reason this week, Booker is definitely a flex play for sure. And if he doesn't play, then, you know, I mean, Booker's interesting, even if Jacobs is kind of injured, bumped up, I mean, you know, banged up, but still playing kind of thing because it is the Jets, like you said, and there's a chance to run up the score if they don't do well. I mean, if the Raiders do well. So, I mean, we'll see. But, yeah, the only way you probably play Booker is if Jacobs is for sure out. Yeah. He's been efficient. Yeah. Like, it's sample stuff, but he's been efficient. And the only game where he had over 10 carries was week 10. He got 16 carries, and he ended up with 21 PPR points. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a potential there. Like, it's small sample size. He's been efficient on not very many chances, but – what do you want him to do if not very many yeah. chances? Yeah, I mean, like you said, if you look at uh, week nine, he played the Chargers. He had eight carries, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Week 10, Denver had 16 carries, 81 yards, two, t- uh, I think two touchdowns. So, like, you know, when he gets th- – those are the games where he had the most opportunity. Even in week five against Kansas City, seven carries, 62 yards. He had a reception, no touchdown that game. But, I mean, he's still – you know, if, if he would have got a touchdown, you would have looked at him differently. So, I mean, he's had games where he's been productive and, like you said, you know, reliable and consistent. So, we'll see. Like I said, if he's the starter, for sure, I'm, I'm not concerned with it. Like, I, I do believe in it, which is crazy because I hated him when he was a Bronco. Um and part of that is because he was a Bronco and obviously I'm a Raider fan. But the other part is everyone seemed to have loved Booker when he came into the league. If, I don't know if we've forgotten that, but everyone loved Booker. When, we, when he came into the league, everyone thought he was like, you know, the Broncos next good running back. So, you know, it's an interesting thing that he's, you know, did he, he kind of like failed out, you know, in, in, in Denver, but now is kind of like having this resurgence in, yeah. in Las Vegas, which is weird. He was Royce Freeman before Royce yeah. Freeman was yeah. bust. People wouldn't let go. They would not let go of Booker. It was crazy. Yeah. So who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, but again, that's just, you know, if it happens. So let's move over to trust issues because I don't want to harp on any more injuries or uh, other breaking news. I don't see anything that's worthy of, you know, us really digging deep into it. So let's get into trust issues. The first one we have here, the man of the episode, Will Fuller. Without Will Fuller, though, Brandon Cooks is a must-start wide receiver down the stretch. I already feel like Adam already had him as a must-start, right, Adam? So you have to trust this for sure. Yeah, I pretty much already had him as a must-start, but this really cements it. I think that the upside is totally there, though. I mean, Deshaun Watson's not going to slow down. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And Brandon Cooks has been very productive with him, especially since they parted with Gary Kubiak. So for me, moving forward there, without Will Fuller, I mean, it seems like a dream scenario for Brandon Cooks owners. Let me say this then, Josh. Adam just said he feels like it's a dream scenario. We've talked about before, more talent doesn't mean a bad thing. It's a good thing, right? Rising tide lifts all ships. With talent leaving in Will Fuller, are you any more concerned, actually, about Brandon Cooks, Josh? Like, I don't I don't think the Will Fuller leaving is good for Brandon Cooks. I So, I, I feel like Will Fuller was not a – he's not a – huge target share possession receiver type player, but he creates, you know, he creates air yards in that offense. So he creates offensive downs. He, I feel like he creates opportunities for Brandon cooks. And I mean, the other thing is I think that just Brandon cooks will be able to continue to, to do what he does. And he already had 
12 target, 160 yard upside. He did that in week five. Like, I feel like that's still there. I just don't think that you should be expecting him to be more. I, I, I don't think that Will Fuller being gone helps that offense. So I don't think that it helps Brandon Cooks. But I think Brandon Cooks is a quality enough player that he will continue to perform at his level. Right. Yeah, that's why I wanted to ask that because I know people are going to have that concern. We all trust Brandon Cooks, I believe. If you have him now, I don't. I don't think any of us would bench him. So for to to me, he is a must start. You know, down the stretch to all of us. I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm curious. I know some people are going to say that. You know, some people are going to put that you know situation out there. They're going to say, "Oh, Will Fuller's gone now. That takes eyes away from Will Fuller. Everyone can you know hone in on Brandon Cooks or whatever it is." So I always like to give the uh, you know both sides of the debate and the argument there. So, uh, but across the board, it looks like we all trust. Uh, Brandon Cooks as a must start down the stretch. I don't see any reason why we wouldn't do that. Um, after a top 10 performance in his return, Debo Samuels as a must start wide receiver, Josh. I, I, this is like, I'm going to start Debo everywhere I have him just because that's the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's all it that's is fair. to me. That's fair. Like, <laughs> Debo, Debo is just, I, I don't buy into a lot of coach-centric things, but the way that they use Debo, where he has sometimes negative air yards, sometimes he has eight year air yards, and he's still productive. Like Kyle Shanahan just knows how to use this type of player, and he's talked about it, how he just puts him into a fast-break situation and says go, and Debo seems to be able to do that, and I like it. So I'm starting him. So okay, so you trust him, Adam? Josh just said that he doesn't buy into a lot of coach, you know, stuff when it comes to players, except when it benefits his guys. Obviously. <laughs> so for you, do you trust Debo Samuel as a must-start wide receiver going forward? He got 13 targets first first week back off of injury. 13 targets. I mean, San Francisco trusts him. Without George Kittle there, he is the number one target share on that offense. So, yeah, man, you've got to trust him. I mean, maybe if Kittle comes back, but Kittle's probably not coming back till week 16, even if he does come back. So, right now, ride the hot hand. I mean, if you've got Debo, be ecstatic, be excited, and get him in your lineup. Yeah. I, we, again, here we all agree. He's a, We all trust it. The only thing I'm upset about is – you know, he returns, Raheem returns, and McKinnon starts to die. So I hope yeah. McKinnon can still find some work there, man. It's it's one of those things, man. Now it's going to be like hit or miss for him. Like you're not going to trust playing the guy until, you know, he'll have a big week. You didn't start him, then you want to put him in. He's not going to have a big week. So we'll see how it plays out. But it definitely, as guys continue to get healthy and come back, it's great. But, you know, it's affecting somebody somewhere. So, I mean, you know, McKinnon is one of those guys. Um if starting Ryan Fitzpatrick is a must-start quarterback, we talked about you know him and Tua earlier. Um, Josh, how do you feel about him being a must-start quarterback, though? In a super flex, I think he's a must-start quarterback. If in a in a one in a one QB league, I feel like you know maybe against against a bad matchup, you can sit him. But He's 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 a QB one sixty two percent of the time. He's had five QB one weeks this year, and he's only played in eight games. Like he's he's pretty good. I don't feel bad starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, neither do I. I, I don't I don't have any issue with it. Adam. There's a lot of you know 
interesting QB stuff happening right now. We're asking if Ryan Fitzpatrick is a must start. Meanwhile, I know there's going to be tons of people who will start like a Taysom, Taysom Hill versus Atlanta over him. Um, is he a must start for you? And if so, do you think people who start a Taysom Hill, for instance, over him are crazy? So he's not a must start, but yes, Taysom Hill's crazy. Uh, I just think that with Taysom Hill, there's such a wide variety of outcomes. With Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's been super consistent. Like Josh said, I mean, he's had multiple QB1 weeks. In fact, more QB1 weeks than otherwise. He just kind of lacks like a big ceiling. Um, But for all respects, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a pretty dang consistent quarterback. On the season, I mean, he's averaging 18 fantasy points a game. And for me, that, you know, that's not a guy who I'm going to automatically just be like, I have to get them into my lineup. But if you're streaming quarterbacks or if you, you know, were starting Cam Newton or, you know, starting Carson Wentz for most of the season or any of these guys who you just don't believe in now, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's a great option. Yeah. So, all right, good. So we all, so we all like Ryan Fitzpatrick in most cases, you know, he's going to be a starter for you depending on what the rest of your situation is. Like Josh said, in Superflex, it's a, it's a for sure thing, but depending on your matchups, depending on who you got, he may not be the guy that you start. It's okay. It just depends on how, you know, how many quarterbacks your roster and, and what it looks like out there. All right. For the last one that we have here for trust issues, Latavius Murray is the RB six. And PPR over the past two weeks with our boy Taysom Hill at quarterback. And this obviously has affected, you know, Kamara in some sense. So Latavius is a must start running back after all, everything has transpired, basically. So, Adam, how do you feel about that? I really think he is. It's kind of weird, but the way in which they've shifted that offense, I mean, it, it's frustrating, but it's successful. And for what Latavius has done over the past two weeks. I mean, if he's been sitting on your bench, like you can't keep doing that. I I feel like you just can't. This upside is gigantic and I want to ride the hot hand while it's hot. So as long as Taysom Hill's in there, man, I'm getting Latavius into my lineups. Yeah. It's funny because Latavius Murray is like this guy who doesn't go away. Like props to him for being like relevant, and and making his you know stepping up when it's time like i mean you gotta like you know admire that in some sense like the guy doesn't he's not like this you know big time guy he's not a kamara or something like that you care about in that sense but like whenever he gets his numbers called like he does like show up (laughs) like you gotta appreciate that like he doesn't you don't hear about him you don't hear him complaining you don't hear him talking but like whenever he gets the chance to play like he does well like he never does horrible obviously he's in a pretty good offense for it and everything but still you know, you got to give him credit for that. Josh, do you feel like with the way things have played out with Taysom Hill at quarterback, do you think Latavius is a must-start? Do you trust that or you have trust issues with it? I, I, I'm i going to be starting him. I feel like he definitely is in flex. He's flex-worthy. I don't like. I, I don't have the, sta- the snaps in front of me yet. I would like to see if they're actually expanding his role because, you know, this week he had two touchdowns. So like that's not going to continue. Yeah, last week he had he had ten and a half PPR points. I feel like I feel like you if you're expecting that, then that's reasonable. But he like he's not going to do what he did this week over and over again. Right. 
Yeah, I, I don't have his snaps necessarily. Let me see. I have his attempts, like okay. his rushing attempts. Um, the last two weeks have been 19 and 12. Before that, it was 9, 10, 8, 11, 8, 14, 12, 3, 15. So it's been kind of like up and down depending. But I mean, the 19 was the biggest one. That was the biggest difference. Um, you know, but the week before that, he had 12. So I don't know, man. So like, if we go ahead and say that he went from, you know, maybe 40% of snaps up to 60%, then that would make me feel really confident that the team is deliberately doing this. But as it, you know, I think last week he had some good touchdown luck, maybe some good game script. I, I think he's, I think he's flex worthy. Okay. And speaking of, you know, matchups, the next two weeks are Atlanta and Philly. So, I mean, it's it's not bad, you know, looking forward right now. Well, you know, if he's someone, you know, he's someone to gamble on. He's someone if you're in a bad spot, if you just lost a player, you know, it's not the worst thing that can happen, you know. So um, it's hard to say trusting him as a must start. I won't I won't go that crazy, but I do. I, I do understand starting him and flexing him. And, you know, it's I don't think it's the worst case in the world. But it's again, we're all confident that he's, you know, a pretty good contributor and the team likes him and trusts him. So uh, it's a, those are all good signs. All right, let's jump over to Kenny. Do that again. Kenny, do that again. We got some fun ones here. We got some fun ones. Rookie running backs, Antonio Gibson and Robinson were both inside the top five at running back in week 12. Can they do that again, Adam? They 100% can. I mean, this is what we see often from rookie running backs is down the stretch, they start getting more and more touches. Robinson, I mean, he's getting an unheard of number of touches. To put it in perspective, uh, I saw a tweet, and I I apologize because I don't remember who had put it out, but I'm going to paraphrase. These numbers might not be perfect, but they're going to be very close for what I recall. He has something like 91% of the running back snaps in that offense, which is the most by any running back outside of Christian McCaffrey last year over like the last five years. And he's doing it as a rookie. That's a wild. It's just, it's the usage is just insane. So for him, I mean, it's locked in. I mean, honestly, I think outside of Dalvin cook and Alvin Kamara, I mean, Derrick Henry, probably. Who else do you want about James Robinson? I mean, really, I don't know if there's anyone that I think has more predictable fantasy production ahead of him yeah. than James Robinson. Yeah. So for me, I mean, it's it's pretty much a lock there. And then as far as Gibson goes, I mean, Washington is in the playoff hunt because of that division. They're mm-hmm. playing well. And... Gibson seems to be getting all the touches now, which seems very interesting because they were using using J.D. McKissick a ton. Um, I don't think McKissick's going to really go away. I think especially this week uh, with them playing the Steelers in a game that they very well could be trailing. Um, Who knows with all the COVID stuff going on, Mm -hmm. if it's still going to happen, happen on time, all that stuff. But we'll worry about that later. As far as just the game goes, game script goes, this might be a week where Gibson isn't as huge in fantasy production. Um, but I feel like this will be a very telltale week because if his usage is still really high, even in a game script, that's probably going to have them trailing. 
I mean, he's going to be a lock button guy in the fantasy playoffs if he wasn't already. Yeah. All right. So, so you're, yeah, it sounds like so you believe they both can do it again. You love where they're both at. Josh, just for, you know, to kind of give it, you know, paint a picture here. Weeks one through 12, neither one of these rookies have missed a game. They both played 11 games. They sit at four and five on the running back rankings in PPR right now. Like literally, like like Adam was saying, Kamara, Cook, Henry, Robinson, Gibson. That's how legit this oh, is right now. That's wild. I wasn't even looking at that. That's how legit <laughs> this is right now. And under them yeah. is Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, Ezekiel Elliott. Like it's wild. So is there any question, Josh? I mean, is there any way you can believe that these two can't do it again? I I, I think that James Robinson I like him a lot better than Antonio Gibson still. Like for one thing, they, they, you know, they completely cleared the deck for him. They shipped off Leonard Fournette. They, he's, he's had all the, all the volume all along. He's been very efficient with it. Like I, I am, I feel completely confident in James Robinson as a talent from a dynasty perspective. Like, I don't think he's just a one year wonder. Uh, Antonio Gibson, I, like he's he's only just recently seized the volume in that in that backfield. You know, McKissick McKissick was getting a lot of the work until just recently. And so it's it's good for Gibson that he has that he has done that. I mean it's a positive signal, but I'm just not sure yet that JD McKissick is going to remain subordinate to him. Yeah. Like I think I think it might be a little bit more back and forth. Okay. Yeah. I mean, either, either way, like you said, whether he had the, all the work or not, he's produced the entire season. Yeah. I think he had one week under 10 points in PPR. Um, what I think is really interesting is and I'm not picking on Mike for fantasy pros. I'm just looking actually at fantasy pros while we're talking right now. And so I thought it was interesting. He has a note on here, his expert note um, from 34 weeks ago. I just thought it was so funny when we look at it because you know, this is how quickly fantasy football changes or, um, you know, if you don't believe in a guy, how crazy he can look when he works out. His note says, played more wide receiver than he did running back. Hard to believe he's 228 pounds, as he certainly doesn't move like it. He's proved that when he ran a 4.39 second 40-yard dash. Struggle to see where he plays in the NFL, as slot seems most likely, but that wouldn't utilize his speed. Like, it doesn't sound like a glowing endorsement, right? So, I mean, if you're – and this was a lot of people's opinion. This is not, like I said, it's not – ragging on Mike. Like a lot of people didn't believe in Antonio Gibson coming into the year. Some people still don't believe like, you know, Josh said, like he doesn't even believe that his, his workload is possibly safe. So I just thought it was interesting whenever we look back at some of these things, how quickly things can change. And for me, I think it's more of an endorsement for Gibson when you feel like people were so down on him and he's still exceeding by crazy numbers, all of those, you know, low expectations on him. Like, I feel like that's only a, a even better, you know, to say how good he actually is. You know what I mean? Like, because nothing maybe pointed to him being this great to a lot of people, but he's still playing that way. And whether he got a lot of work, a little bit of work, he's always been doing really well with it. Um, this is an interesting case, right, Adam? I mean, the way he's been playing. I mean, yeah. It's just I crazy. Mean, he's unprecedented as far as being a essentially wide receiver, uh, transitioning to running back and coming out this strong. And then, you know, James Robinson, in comparison, was a guy who no one saw coming. No one yep. was really talking about all through the offseason. And then all of a sudden, 
you know, a big part of that obviously was not having, you know, preseason games, but he basically came out of nowhere in the last few weeks leading up to the start of the year where there started to be some chatter that, you know, this this kid's going to be getting all the touches there. And little did we realize that it was going to be as dramatic as it has been. I mean, it's very interesting, but for both of them, I mean, sky's the limit. You know, these are great dynasty running backs, and for the rest of this season, they're guys who are locks going forward. Yeah, and again, I like to highlight these two, and again, not talking about Mike, just in general. Just like you said, people were not this high on these guys. It's impossible to be this high on them, basically, in reality, if you're being realistic. So it's just awesome to see that no matter how crazy deep the fantasy community digs no matter how much research and articles and podcasts and film watching and data like there's still going to be these guys and like that's fun to me that's why i'm highlighting this it's just exciting to see guys like this you know show up in such a major way um all right let's move on to the next one a guy you both mentioned earlier jarvis landry he had his first game with more than six catches his first game with more than 100 yards or 100 yards or more first game with a touchdown can he do that again, Josh? I, I uh, you know, Jarvis Landry is a good player, so I, I feel like that needs to get thrown out there first. But a lot of I, a lot I'm of firsts, a lot of firsts this year. Yeah, yeah, and like his, you know, his his targets. He had another eleven target game in week eight, and it was followed by a five and a two target game. Like it's just kind of been up and down like that. You know, so I, I think that, you know, we, we already knew Jarvis was capable of, of these type of games. I just don't I don't think we're going to see him start to string two and three together. Yeah, those games used to be a lot more consistent for Jarvis, man. Sucks yeah. that, uh, you know, play calling or whatever you, you may call it has, you know, has altered that in some sort. So you don't believe that he can do it. Again. You believe he can. He's capable of doing it again. But you're saying don't reason to think that it's going to become right. consistent right adam do you agree that 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 you don't have a lot of hope for that to be consistent or do you feel like maybe there is something happening here for him as much as i'd love to be confident in him it you know we saw this flash earlier in the year from odell as well you know he had a huge fantasy performance one week i just think this offense isn't built to support a passing game mm-hmm. consistently I mean, I think that they're going to win on defense. They're going to win with hard-nosed running. And, you know, occasionally they'll have these big blow-up games. But the only thing that I can hope for is that Landry has been playing banged up through most of the year. And maybe this is an indication that he's starting to get healthy. Um, He's not missing any time, though. So even if he's playing through injury, you know, a lot of times we don't know all the details as to how hurt a guy is. It, you know, if they're playing, we think they're fine. So it's possible that he might have just turned a corner. Um, but I'm not I'm not super optimistic just because of how that team runs their offense. Okay. Yeah, and I want to make sure we hit on that because all of us are fans of Jarvis Landry. You both highlighted how you know excited you were to see the big game, but it's important to let the listeners know that. Although we love Jarvis Landry, although we were excited about last week that we're still not going to be crazy about him moving forward, that this is going to be something to realistically expect from week to week. So I just like to highlight these things and make sure we, you know, we touch on them that way too as well. Um, the next one, another guy whose name has come up in the show, be thanks to you know some other player that we talked about. Deshaun Watson was the number one quarterback last week. 
with Will Fuller done for the season. Can he do that again, Adam? No. I mean, there's not enough games left in the season. It'd be very difficult to have a you know a QB one overall week. Where do you feel comfortable just, saying Deshaun Watson would end, you know, on most weeks? I mean, he's probably still a top 12 QB. I feel like you still are pretty much starting him over anyone who you'd be rostering with him. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's basically a must-start guy until he shows you otherwise, but... You know, we're at that point in the year now where you got to make changes quickly. If he comes out next week and it's just awful, I don't think I can start him the first week of the fantasy playoffs. I think I'm probably looking to stream, see what else is out there, see if I can play the matchups. I don't know. But if Deshaun Watson is fine or is good next week, then, yeah, it's all systems go. Makes sense. Josh, do you agree? I mean, do you think that losing Will Fuller can alter Deshaun Watson enough for being a guy who, you know, had a QB one week last week to a guy that – we're concerned about starting the playoffs. I was just looking at Deshaun Watson's game log and he, he has not been below QB two all year long. I mean, he's had will for will fuller all year. So we, we don't really know what that looks like, but it, it's just impressive on that team that I just don't think has been run very well that Deshaun Watson is out there putting up at least 15.8 points. And I think that without, I think that without Will Fuller, we're probably not going to see 35, 34, 36 points out of him. But I think, I think he still could go out there and give you a 24, 24 to 27. I think that's still in the range of possibilities here. So it sounds like we're not going into, we're not getting concerned right now. We still feel pretty confident in Sean Watson. If you got him on your team, you're most likely going to start him anyway. There's not like there's a better option for you anyway. So, um, you know, don't get crazy. Don't get stressed. And, and, and again, you know, speaking of how great Deshaun Watson has been, just like we do with Antonio Gibson and Ian Robinson, another guy who a lot of people counted out before his career ever started. And it's beautiful to see him having that kind of success. And maybe that coaching change and everything has helped a lot. It feels like it has. Um, so, you know, we're excited about his future. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't, I don't, I hope the Will Fuller thing doesn't slow it down too much. You know, we'll see. Um, and speaking really quick on Will Fuller, do you guys feel like anybody else is going to step up in that offense besides like a Brandon Cooks or anything like that? Do you think anyone that, you know, hasn't gotten a lot of love this year, you know, is going to make some noise at this point to care enough, you know, going into the fantasy playoffs? Mm, I don't know. I mean, it's wild that they just parted ways with Kenny Stills. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I guess Cobb would be the the standout. Maybe, maybe Jordan Akins. Mm-hmm. I mean, with nothing being relevant at tight end right now, with, outside of Travis Kelsey and the occasional baller Waller, like what about um, the, what about Kiki? No, no, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't see it. <laughs> All right, Josh, any Kiki love before we? Move I on? I saw a blurb that said, and I hope I'm getting this right, but I think they said Isaiah Coulter was expecting to step up okay. and get some more get some more action on that team. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. I, you know, I think that, I think that Deshaun Watson is probably like one of three or four quarterbacks in the NFL who's actually good enough to drag along a wide receiver. Uh, you know, where I think it's usually vice versa. So, uh, 
Yeah, I, I'll, I'll pick up this Isaiah Coulter guy and hope that something happens. <laughs> this guy? We'll pick this guy up. Yeah. 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 I know, I, know, I know people are always looking at waivers and they're always looking, you know, to try to get some, either stop somebody in the playoffs from picking up somebody or to block the Will, you know, the Will Fuller guy from getting, you know, a, a new replacement that they like. So, yeah, I mean, you can add any of these guys, but, you know, expecting anything of them yet, you know, who knows, right? We'll see how that plays out. Um, yeah, it's a guard throw for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, the last uh, – can you do that again? For the last two weeks in a row, Philly has had two tight ends in the top ten of tight ends in PPR. Can they do that again, Adam? Yeah, tight ends decimated, and they don't have wide receivers. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a good offense. That is not how you should optimally run an offense by any stretch of the imagination. But it's how they're going to run it. They don't really have a lot of other options there. It's so fascinating how quickly Travis Fulgham died, though, right, guys? Yeah, I mean, I was um, going to say, you said they don't have any other options. I mean, they have Jalen Rager. They have Fulham. I mean, they have guys, but it's just not where they're going. <laughs> I don't know if it's – Yeah, you know. I mean, it, it's how they were, though, when, you know, Goddard and Ertz were healthy early in the year, and Richard Rodgers now has became, you know, another option for them. So it, it's interesting, but – that that's how they want to run that offense and more power to them. I mean, it's, it's an interesting offense, even if it's not a successful one. And for tight ends, I mean, at this point you got to start anybody who's scoring points because there's so few people that are. So for both those guys, I mean, you, you could do a lot worse. Yeah. Going into the fancy playoffs, Josh, you feel good about Richard Rogers? Like, would you trust him? No, no. not really. Okay. Just curious. I'm just curious. <laughs> I, you know, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, Richard Rogers to me just feels like a guy that the switch could get turned off at any moment, you know? Well, yeah, Zach Ertz could come back next week. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's very easy for that to end. a problem for him. <laughs> Can we just say here on the show that he deserves to be called Mr. Rogers going forward? Oh, for sure. he's definitely the best Rogers. He's earned it, right? He's Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Josh hates the other Aaron Rodgers guy. You know, you're not a fan. It's it's fair. They used to play together, you know, Josh. They like each other. I know. I know. So I don't think he'll agree with you on that one. Um, all right. Let's jump over to not so obvious lock of the week. We have a little bit of contention here on this one because I certainly didn't win because my guy didn't play. And I didn't adjust on it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go. You know, trying to make a late, you know, game adjustment and scramble and, and change my guy out. I took the L straight out the gate because that's what I did on the show. I said him, and it and it didn't play out. So I took that L. But Josh, who wasn't on the show, came in came at us with some names. Finally settled on Duke Johnson. Adam on the show went with his guy James White. What happened here is they both played pretty damn well. Duke Johnson happened to outscore James White by a couple points, but we have a little bit of a debate here. That seems like logically that would normally be, Josh, you won, and it is what it is. But Adam, Josh, there's a little bit of a debate here. Adam, you want to kind of, you know, say your piece here? I mean, first and foremost, kid wasn't even on the pot. Like, he didn't even show up. (laughs) You know, this is like... This is like one of those write-in ballots. Like, come on, we gotta throw these things out, right? Am I right? Am I right, America? Huh? Politics. Uh, no, but really though, I mean, just going off of things that we've discussed already this year, 
you always take into consideration who the person picked. No one in their right mind was starting James White last week. No one. Come on. Let's be real. But Duke Johnson, I mean, that was like the flavor of the week. I mean, you go on any of the DFS sites, they're recommending him. You know, he's supposed to be getting all the touches there. They've got David Johnson out. It just, as far as the not so obvious part, it, I just, I don't know. I don't feel like it was not that obvious. I think it was pretty damn obvious. And I think for that, you know, you can fudge a point or two in PPR. And furthermore, I mean, James White, you know, for all those touchdown only leagues out there, scored twice as many points. So there's just some, there's some things to take in consideration. There's different league scorings out there. You know, not everything is PPR. And, and again, we, we talked about this a little bit before the show started. We thought I threw out the idea of a, you know, not appearing on the show. You get a penalty. That penalty is you are now placed in a standard scoring system. <laughs> I th- hey, anything that we need to do to make sure that I won last week. I mean, really, though, Duke Johnson, guys. I mean, listen, we, we gave Josh – he's he's the only one that's gotten penalties this year for picking guys who are more obvious. Um, DJ Chark, he had a penalty for that one. Um, so, I mean, we can definitely institute this again, Adam. This guy has been – you know, he's a repeat offender. So if you want to hit him with a five-point penalty, three-point penalty, you win, my man, if we want to go that route. Or we can leave it up to the people and let them decide on Twitter. I mean, however you two want to handle this, you know, however rough you two want to get about this. I mean, I got to fight for every uh, potential win that I may or may not have. But uh, I, I don't know. I think you should put it out to the people. Let the people decide if uh, super obvious, you know, everybody was talking about it, you know, super in your face, like everybody would do it. It was just so obvious, not obvious lock that Josh <laughs> had. Or James White, who no one was talking about, and just scored not one but two touchdowns. Josh, I'm going to give this to Twitter to let them decide who deserves the W here. It matters in a major way, so the listeners know I'm at four, you're at three, Adam's at two. So if Adam wins this, he's right in the thick of things at three. He's tied with you at three. I'm at four still. If you win, you're tied with me at four. Don't let that happen, Twitter. Like, So Josh, gotta... fight your case. G- give them something here. I I picked Duke because I have been on the Duke bandwagon for a very, very long time. And, and you ditched him the entire season. And then when you're not on the podcast, you can't even talk about how you like him. You just <laughs> happen to throw him in the back door. Meanwhile, others have already picked him this year for an obvious lot. Did it work out? No, it didn't. But we were there first. Just the fact that he was picked and did not work out speaks to how not obvious he was. Oh, Adam, you yeah. might have just hurt your case there, man. Uh, you know, you can edit that part, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't help. Twitter's taking that into account, man. Listen, Twitter, we come to you. We love you. We appreciate you. You guys vote on this every week anyway. So we're going to let you decide who gets the W for week 12. Was it Adam with James White? or Josh with Duke Johnson and our not-so-obvious lock of the week. And however many votes we get, guys, whoever gets that vote, whoever gets a leading vote is going to get a W. It's in their hands. It's in their hands. You guys have pleaded your case. I think you guys both gave great arguments. We'll see how it plays out. But going into week 13, we got to make some picks. We got to make some picks. Because Josh wasn't here, I will let Adam go first this time, though. 
I had to make some kind of call here. Well, that that's good because that means Neil can't steal who I'm taking, uh, which honestly could very well happen because I'm not only uh, going to be picking someone who I've actually picked already this year, but they've been so boomer bust that I think it's completely fair. Uh, but I'm picking someone that Neil loves, uh, but that we haven't gotten to talk much about because really, I mean, he's only had like two games all season that were fantasy relevant. And one of those was the very first week of the season. And the other one of those just happened to be in week five and is one of my only two, you know, maybe three, depending on how you all feel out there in the Twitterverse wins this year. And that's Darius Slayton. Uh, I feel like going up against Seattle, they're playing the easiest defense against the pass. It's going to be a situation where they're going to be trying to win. I mean, they, they're first in that division right now. That division is completely up for grabs. I mean, obviously it's going to be an uphill battle against Seattle in Seattle. But with that being said, they're going to be having to throw the football and they should be successful. So for me, this is one of those few times that I think Darius Slayton is going to get enough targets and there's potential is going to be there for him to have a big performance. Nice pick, man. Nice pick. I, res- I-, I like it. I like it. He had no points last week, right? Zero. Uh-huh. So you're, you're definitely going not so obvious here. You, you see what he did, Josh? I see. Okay. It's just it's not it's not in me to go that unobvious. Okay, so how how not obvious are you gonna go? Okay, I I almost picked this guy last week and I still I still like the pick because at this point he has had I wanna say three he's had three weeks in a row with over a hundred air yards. So I'm gonna go with Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims Going into week 13, you know, despite the increase in air yards, he hasn't really broken the 10 PPR threshold. So I don't, I don't feel like it's obvious. I think that this is a guy you, you really are debating and I think it's time to put him in the lineup against my Raiders. Yeah. It's not a great matchup. It's not a great matchup. I'm just hoping for the volume to finally hit. How dare you? I tried not to talk about him this week. I tried to leave it alone. And you just had to drag a wide receiver who you think is going to go off against the Raiders. We'll see. So it's Mims. It's Darius Slayton. I might as well go wide receiver. I'm going to go with a guy who's really cold. Like, everyone's sad about him. Can you guys guess who I'm talking about? Like, really, really sad. Like, has just not done anything. This last week, this gentleman also had zero fantasy points. I'm going, I'm going with Adam here. Team zero points last week. I'm taking Marquise Brown. Are you taking him this week or next week? I'm taking him next week. <laughs> it's really weird. I know. Oh, okay. You played him so all. Like this upcoming week, not yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
not the day that people are listening to this, maybe. <laughs> Listen, I'm going real crazy here. I have a one-game advantage right now if Josh doesn't get the W from Twitter. So I feel, you know, I'm in the lead. I'm going to take a chance. He hasn't had, like, any huge weeks. He's had a couple pretty damn good weeks, and the rest has been downhill. It's gotten worse and worse from week 8 to through 11. It's gone down, 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 down. We'll see what happens, you know, when he plays the Steelers. But I just feel like, man, this team has got to get this guy going. They have got to. Like, they have no other choice. They've got to figure it out. And if that means they got to force the ball to him, if that means Lamar Jackson has to get things right, I don't know what it is. But this team, you know, to to really make a difference on offense, they need to get this guy going. He doesn't. It doesn't take much, you know, for him to make big plays happen. He makes big, long plays all the time when he gets, you know, when he plays well. And so I feel good. I'm taking the chance. I'm digging deep. I know it's not the most obvious lock, and that's what's beautiful about this. So I'm taking my shot. We will have in week 13, gentlemen, Slayton versus Mims versus Brown. And we'll let Twitter decide that as well, what they think is going to happen. And we'll see if they're right. We'll see if they're right. Who feels the most confident right now? Josh? Yeah, I feel I feel like I'm going to beat the two guys who aren't scoring any fantasy points next week. We'll see. If you believe that, go ahead and give the W to Adam right now from last week. No, why would I give away that W? <laughs> that, that's not how W's all work. Right, all right, all right. We'll let Twitter decide. <laughs> all right. We'll see how it goes. This will be on Twitter. Please vote, guys. We love when you guys interact and uh, take part in these polls. It's part of the episode. We love you guys being a part of it. That's, that's the first place guy trying to get second and third to fight it out. And and I'm I'm playing for first. That's what you're supposed to do when you're in first place, Josh. You're not supposed to be nice. Okay? Okay. That's how this works. Ask the Patriots. When they are first, they cheat more. That's it. They don't they'll slow down. They don't slow down with it. They keep going. Life that's what we that's what we do. All right. Let's let us let us go to foul or no foul. I have some some you know some some good ones here for you guys today. So let's see what happens. Foul or no foul. We'll still be dealing with COVID related sports cancellations this time next year. Foul or no foul, Josh. Foul. Foul just because the, the idea of that makes me sad. Okay. Adam, foul or no foul, man? Uh, just players out, games canceled, anything of the sort in MMA, you know, players having to step out of the out of the fight that week, like whatever you however you want to look at it on a, a small or big of a scale you want. Will we be dealing with anything COVID related? Foul or no foul next year? This time next year. I hate it. I'm probably going to say no foul. I don't know. I'm super pessimistic, but I guess that allows for uh, me to be pleasantly surprised. (laughs) We all hope you're wrong. We all hope you're wrong on this one. We hope you're wrong, man. We'll see. I just, I just, I I got to thinking about it because I'm like, man, things are just getting crazy and, you know, sports are getting affected in a major way. And I'm like, man, I hope it's not like this next year. And then I'm like, wait, could it be like this next year at this time? So, Here's hoping everything goes right, everything goes well, and we're good next year at this time. Um, the next one, Mike Tyson's return to boxing after 15 years was actually fun to watch. Foul or no foul, Adam? Hard foul. I tried watching it. I fell asleep in around like two or three. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, I don't know. The lead-up fights were actually decent. There was like a competitive fight on the undercard. Then... Um, Oh, gosh, a boxer whose name escapes me. 
You you were um, big on the Jake Paul like, fight, right? Well, I mean, I was gonna get to that one, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm. If you're gonna watch amateurs fight, at least someone should get knocked out completely cold and maybe you know lose a couple years off their life. So yeah, by all means, the the whole Jake Paul thing's so interesting because it's like. Who does he fight next? Like, what what is he going to do? Because if he just keeps fighting, you know, random celebrities, dude could just keep making money forever. <laughs> but the second that he tries to box anyone who is an actual boxer, he's going to get destroyed. So I'm real interested. I mean, after the fight, he called out uh, Conor McGregor and Conor McGregor's uh, jiu-jitsu coach, uh, Dylan Dennis, who... I mean, let's be real, like, Conor McGregor maybe would fight him in a boxing match if he won, you know, another five straight or something and, you know, builds up this huge independent promotion somehow. I don't see it. Um, I don't know. It's super gimmicky, you know. His brother is calling out Floyd Mayweather every day, too. It's so, you know, (laughs) whatever, man. they know how to create entertainment. That's it's a that's fact. All you can like say. I see them get lots of hate, and I don't know really much about them. Like I don't, I don't follow their careers in any particular way. Um, and I see them get lots of shit for all kinds of things, and maybe it's deserved. I have no fucking clue. But I just, I mean, I always respect people who like are doing some crazy shit and it's working. Like I can't, I can only knock something so far when you're making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. You're not hurting nobody. I hope you know what I mean. And like it seems all you know. Fine. I think somebody got hurt. Oh, somebody got hurt. Somebody Nate, got hurt. Nate Robinson got hurt. This weekend. I mean, yeah. But he signed up for it. That was terrible. That's the thing, man. It's just, oh, man. I mean, I just, you... I'm so glad that I at least know how incapable of self-defense I am. <laughs> because being that delusional, like, that's, it just, that's a, that's a whole nother level. I mean, to, to get into a ring and to box someone who has at least boxed someone else before and to have no experience and to look as just completely out of your element is that it just, I, I don't know, man. I don't understand that level of cockiness, but, you know, I guess when you're an NBA slam dunk champion, it definitely comes with some belief in yourself yeah yeah world-class athlete no question i mean and and people get it all confused like you know street fighting and mma and boxing it's all different stuff man like who knows what would happen in a street fight but you're boxing and it's you know some rules to this thing and so it's weird um also i i kind of i i enjoyed it man like i enjoyed the card i enjoyed tyson like i thought it was all funny it was fun to see i I wasn't mad at it man like you really enjoyed the actual you know i wasn't mad at junior tyson main event i wasn't mad at it like I, I, Dude, I feel it was like, like two old men clinching and punching each other in the stomach for sixteen listen, minutes. Like Roy Jones didn't want to get knocked out, bro. It's understandable. I mean, first of all, yeah, it wasn't a fight. It was just some exhibition scrimmage thing. Like, yeah, if I'm honest with you, watching the walkouts, I was like, this is dope. Like I was I was excited. And then the fight happened and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like even, even more awesome. awesome to me is how about like how Mike Tyson like turned around his life as like this humble, That's, uh, yeah. introspective, sure. like self-aware person. Like I think it's awesome. Like it's really inspiring to see. Like it's I mean I know a lot of some people really hate him and as a person. He's done some shitty things apparently that 
you know, he'll deny probably and some people will say it's a fact. So I don't know. But just like who he is now is fascinating to me. Um, I think, Josh, didn't you mention it to me, Josh, in the chat or something? We were talking about it. Yeah, I just watched a short Mike Tyson video and I don't know. He just came across really well in it. He he's led a very interesting life. He I bet he's I bet he's a cool guy to just talk to. Yeah, well, he has a podcast where you can listen to him talk. <laughs> so yeah, he does pretty well at the whole thing. So it's, it's I don't know. It's cool. It's interesting, and it was all for a good cause. So I'm here for more of it, man. It was fun. Um, the next one, DK Metcalf is capable of being Calvin Johnson great. Foul or no foul, Josh? Yeah, no foul, no foul. I I, I don't think that. Calvin Johnson was so great that we can't even say that that could be done again. For sure. I agree. Did you guys see the little Twitter and stuff back and forth? Did you guys see him tweet about it? I saw, I saw DK say that he took something personally and I saw just some comparisons of the, the beginnings of their careers. Like I, you know, DK still has a ways to go. Like a hot start is, still a long ways from being uh, Megatron. Yeah. But, but I, yeah, I think, I think somebody will eventually do that. Yeah. In case anyone's not like caught up on it, DK had said that he was, you know, he had a chip on his shoulder and was fired up because, you know, he's like, Oh, defensive, you know, coach said to me that, you know, I'm not Megatron or I'm not there yet or something like that. And it did come out that uh, from J- John Clark and NBC said Jim Schwartz says he complimented DK before the game, told him he's got a ton of respect for him and he was with Calvin in Detroit and that he's the closest thing to Megatron he's seen. Jim told him after the game, you may not be Calvin yet, but you're on your way. He was complimenting him on both cases and DK said, and I took that personally. He's a little Jordan meme, um, you know, having fun with it, whatever. He's not being serious, obviously, but um, it's just fun. DK's a fun guy, man. Like besides the, you know, performance on the field, like he's just a fun guy. He's, you know, interactive on social media. He's just a, you know, a good guy to to support and have fun and watch. Like there's no doubt denying that, right, Adam? I mean, the guy is just fun to watch. I mean, from what it looks like, you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL tied up with one of the best wide receivers for years to come. So it's going to be – it's going to be interesting to watch. I mean, he's definitely one of those players that looks like he could have a Hall of Fame type career. And, you know, this is certainly an indication of that talent. Yeah. All right. Let's see what the last one, if we can make some people mad. Taysom Hill ceiling is Tim Tebow. Foul or no foul, Josh? Yeah, man. You know, <laughs> I think I think Taysom Hill probably has a ceiling above Tim Tebow. But... <laughs> But Tim Tebow, he he did win some playoff games, if I remember correctly, and I'm not really on on the team QB wins, but I I feel like I feel like Tim Tebow deserves some respect. Yeah, he's got an unfair reputation, man. Adam, this guy's got an unfair reputation, right? Tim Tebow's a, he's accomplished more than Taysom Hill. We cannot put Taysom Hill above Tim Tebow. I mean, not yet. Tim Tebow won a playoff game, like you said. <laughs> but that being said. Taysom Hill's probably going to win a playoff game. I mean, listen, what yeah. what just happened last week? Tell me, please tell me what happened. Because uh, a practice squad wide receiver who played quarterback in college pretty much put up the same numbers as Taysom Hill last week. So please tell me what happened. They didn't let him rush touchdowns. He doesn't throw for touchdowns. He rushes for them, and Latavius Murray got all those. They still won. I mean, 
that that's not the question. It's not fantasy. It's, you know, can he win a playoff game? And yeah, I think he can. Listen, I'm I'm, I'm going to need to see 11 games started just like Tim Tebow. I'm going to need to see 1700 passing yards, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. I need to see him put up Tim Tebow numbers, baby. Until then, the ceiling is Tim Tebow for Taysom. Sorry, folks. It is what it is. It is what it is. And 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 shout out Tim Tebow is still trying to be a New York Met, just so you guys know. This guy has not given up. He's not given up. And you guys need to respect that, okay? Okay? Now I'm not even the biggest big team Tim Tebow fan, but I'm just saying, guy's hustling out here. He's trying. He's trying, Adam. He's trying. All right, that's all I have for foul or no foul. Show and tell time. This is our opportunity, gentlemen, to share anything we feel like sharing with the audience. Anything at all. Adam, did you bring something to show and tell today, sir? Yeah, there's a, this absurd uh, Australian sketch comedy show on Netflix that um, is reminiscent of like a kids in the hall type series. I don't know if anyone, I mean, if you're into sketch comedy, you probably know kids in the hall, but you know, in a nineties series on comedy central, but uh, it, 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 sorry, the, the name of it is, uh, Oh my gosh. I just, just face on it. This guy. Oh, Aunt, Auntie Donna. Yeah. Sorry. It's such a weird name, man. It's Australian. <laughs> uh, Auntie Donna's big old house of fun is the series on Netflix. It's it's very absurd. Um, it's one of those comedies. I mean, it's sketch comedy, but it it's the type of comedy for me personally where I watch it and I'm almost, like, annoyed, and then 30 seconds later I'm laughing uncontrollably. Like, they, they do it perfectly, just the dumbest humor at times. Like, that, there's no better way to put it. Um, but it's it's really funny. It's really fun. Um, it's very absurd. But uh, but I really did enjoy it once I got into it. That's what's up. Another Netflix recommendation. And it's more scripted series or it's more spontaneous, like you never know what's going to happen type of stuff. So it's very sketch-esque. But they try and keep like a very loose storyline. And it all sort of just takes place in their house, if you will. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird. Like I said, it's, it's absurd is probably the best way to put it. You kind of just have to watch it to get an idea of it. Once you watch 10 minutes of it, you'll know exactly what it is. I'd say if you don't like, you know, the first 10 minutes of it, you're probably not going to like it. If, you know, you watch the first 10, 15 minutes of it and you laugh at least once, it, it it's gonna grow on you a ton. Gotcha. All right, I'll have to check it out. I'll have to check it out. Josh, do you have anything for show and tell today? Okay, so uh, I've got a I've got a quote, and I've been looking at this quote for a couple of weeks now, and so I feel like it uh, is is better than just your average corny inspirational quote. But that I'll just go ahead with it. it. It's ships don't sink because of the water around them. They sink because of the water that gets into them. And that, that's been something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And it makes a lot of sense to me. 
it's been kind of bouncing around in my head. So I thought I'd share it. That's pretty deep, Josh. Share share with us what it means to you, though, Matt. Well, it's just it's not about what's around you. It's you know there there might be problems around you. There might be things that are negative going around, but the the ship doesn't sink even though it's completely surrounded by water. It only sinks when the water gets in. When when you know when you start to get swept away by those things, right? When you start to let them affect you. Yeah, I like it, man. I never heard that quote. I've never heard that one. I, I like I like to look around. I I consider myself a uh, you know a searcher of quotes, man. I've never seen that one. You know, I'm always out there looking for a good uh, Instagram quote to throw up. You know. Mm-hmm. I have to write that one down and throw it up and act like oh. I made it up. <laughs> I'm not sure where it came from. It certainly wasn't me, but but it, it has stuck with me for a couple of weeks now. How come with quotes, a lot of times we don't ever say who said it? We're always like, that quote is amazing, and that's it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's that's how it is in the quote world. <laughs> quote world. <laughs> quote world, man, it is what it is. Quote world. Um, Got to sell those books, I guess. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I actually really have any crazy show and tell today. The one thing I will say is, I thought this was interesting. Ah, it was probably I don't know when it was given to me actually, and I wish I can see. Okay, I don't know when this was given to me. I forget what year it was, but um, I was speaking to someone who gave me some Bitcoin back. Let's see. It looks like it was at least given to me. It was over a year ago. Um, Shout out to this dude. Uh, shout out to this dude. He gave me some Bitcoin so I could try it out, see what it was like. He had lots of it. He was a listener of the show, appreciated what we do and stuff like that, right? This was like a year or two ago. I forgot all about it. I just threw it in like some wallet. I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, he's just throwing me some change. This ain't shit. You know, let's see what happens, right? Like, I'm not really paying attention. I'm not going to be the guy who keeps getting more of this. So it's not really going to mean anything. At the time, it was like, I want to say it was like $15. Like in real money, that's what it equated to, like fifteen dollars, twenty five dollars, something like that. I checked the other day in the app, and that Bitcoin that this gentleman gave me is now up to about two hundred and fifty dollars, and that's crazy to me. I would be cashing that out so fast. It's crazy to me because I'm gonna like you know. First of all, shout out to him. He was on Sleeperbot. I believe it was, I don't know his real official name, but it was therapist on there. Um, that was his name, I believe. And he really good dude. I haven't talked to him in a, in a while. I don't know why I haven't gotten back to him. Have, we haven't spoke about anything recently, but I don't know if he's still on there. Um, but like when he gave it to me, I'm like, you know, I'm this guy. I'm like, I'm never going to do mining for Bitcoin. I don't really know shit about this. I don't know anything about Bitcoin. And I was like, you know, it's cool. I appreciate it, but I don't know anything about it. I'm never going to have any more of it. <laughs> this is where it stops at for me. But to see it go to that number now, I'm like, you know, what is a man to do? Like, I'm not going to get any more Bitcoin like that I know of. So do I just cash out right now at where it's at or do I keep going at it? What do you think? I mean, is $250 going to change your life? I mean, that's a, that's the question that, you know, obviously it's not going to change my life. But I also want to I don't want to see it go to $15. I don't want to see it go to $15 again. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. I think most people who are invested in Bitcoin think it's like a long haul sort of play. Yeah. So if I were you, especially if you have that little, I mean, personally, I I, I don't know. I just sit on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm going to sit on it because I just want to see where it goes. You know what I mean, like, can this thing re- like to me, it seems unimaginable that it can climb anymore. 
But like it was just cool to see it like happen. And I'm like, man, some people are probably out there just killing it right now in Bitcoin, man. Like raking in dough. So it's it's fascinating stuff to me. And um I don't know enough about that kind of stuff, man. Like I listened to some podcasts on it and stuff, and I don't know how, you know, viable it really is in the long term, but I just think it's fascinating, like watching it move up and down. You know, when you use these apps that store the money, the wallets that you use, like you see the like it looks like a you know, like a stock market or something like the you know, going up and down. It's like crazy to watch it. And it's like, this is this whole other world that like people are a part of that I have no, no clue about. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so crazy basically that like, what I'm getting at is how much stuff is happening around us that we're not a part of sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just fascinating to me. Even if it's just stocks, yeah. you know, if you're not in the stocks. The aware of is so, so small. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a big world with a lot going on, man. Lots of opportunities out there for people basically is what I'm saying. All right. That's it for today's show. We covered a lot of ground, a lot of stuff here. If we did, if, if we miss something and you have a question or you have a last minute adjustment or you have a trade or you have a question about Josh's new place and why there's no Wi-Fi yet or, <laughs> you know, you want to know what Adam's eating tomorrow for lunch, like hit us up on Twitter. Josh, you can find at JC Crocker. Adam, you can find at the other FF guy. Me, you can find at Clock Dodgers on Twitter. We appreciate you guys, each and every one of you. We thank you for your subscriptions. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe, slap that button. We appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you guys every week. And also, we'd love it if you can go ahead, drop us a five-star review real quick. We read all the reviews. By the way, we had a new one on here. Uh, Let me just get to it really quick so I can shout this gentleman out. Show him a little love. We always read the reviews. So, hey, listen, if you want to get crazy, like you can say some ridiculous shit, and I'm going to read it. Um just don't get like stupid. I'm not going to say nothing illegal or hateful or nothing crazy, but you're listening to the Cloud Dodgers podcast. You wouldn't do that. So get funny with it. Have fun with it. Um, but uh, Lil John XC, I believe I know who that is. Uh, that looks like, yeah, I believe I know that gentleman. I think that's his name on the other apps. Um, if not, I think I know you. I wish they would have their real names on here sometimes, but that's okay. Uh, I've been listening to Clock Dodgers for a while now. Neil did a wonderful job with the rebrand. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And this is a great source for fantasy football news and recommendations. Recommendations, you guys hear that? That's because we do show and tell. You see that? I hope you guys are taking your show and tell very seriously, Josh, Adam. I read it as fantasy recommendations, but okay. Okay, it could be, you know, could be fantasy, but I don't believe that's what they were saying. Josh, how do you read into this, teacher? I think it's clearly about show and tell. That's what you think, right? I'm going with it. You're more well-educated than me, so I'm going to run with yours. Um, Adam, you're more well-educated than me, too, but I'm not going to go with you on this one because you are siding against me. (laughs) So that's what it is. Shout out to John. We appreciate it, man. Um, Yeah, these names sometimes don't match up with people's, like, real names that we know them as, and that kind of – throws me off sometimes or maybe we just don't know him. but this is john i know john we talk on instagram and stuff a lot we were in a couple group chats together so shout out to john um appreciate you man and yeah again anything you guys leave on there we're gonna read it feel free to talk about josh feel free to talk about adam in any negative way no, 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 don't do nothing negative again leave it positive that's what we're about five stars shout out to john shout out to everybody else who's left a review before john we're gonna continue to read these as they come through other than that guys We're out of recommendations. We're out of fantasy news for the day. Be kind. Be great. Keep dodging.